Hi, and welcome to Seed and Heard. My name is Allison Tristo, and I'm the community field rep with Western United Dairies. Today, CEO of Wood, Anya Radabal, will be joining us to give an update as to what's going on in Sacramento. So let's get into that. Yosemite Farm Credit is the farmer's choice for agriculture financing. As a farmer-owned cooperative, we are dedicated to serving our neighbors in the agriculture community with financial products and services tailored to your operation and backed with the relationship you can trust. Whether you're purchasing real estate, making improvements to the dairy, or wanting to purchase or lease equipment, we're here to help our members prosper. Visit our website at yosemitefarmcredit.com to find a branch location nearest you. Pacific Gas and Electric is here to remind you that signs keep you safe. Sections of our natural gas transmission pipeline travel underground and beneath agricultural land. For the safety of you, your family, and your employees, pipeline markers are placed to indicate the approximate location of the pipe as a reminder to use extra care. Removing a pipeline marker creates a serious safety hazard. To have additional markers placed or report damaged or missing markers, please call your PG&E account manager or our Agricultural Customer Service Center at 877-311-3276. To learn more, visit www.pge.com agsafety. Remember, signs keep you safe. Hi folks, hope you had a great week. It was a busy one for reports in our dairy markets. We started Tuesday with a global dairy trade event out of Oceana. Most indices were higher, so that was great news. Buying from China was not aggressive, however. They did not have a strong showing, but we did see increased demand out of the Middle East. Nice to see that auction recover just a bit. However, it didn't help our domestic markets a whole lot. Uh, Mostly shrugged off results on that Tuesday. The next day, a much-anticipated March milk production report dropped. U.S. output increased 0.5% for the month. That was right in line with most expectations. Eyes were strictly on California's output as folks tried to quantify what the flooding and wet conditions did to output. California was indeed down about 2% year-over-year levels. However, output along the I-29 corridor and in the Midwest, as well as in Texas, uh, continue to be very strong. The U.S. herd continues to expand. We are up 6,000 cows for the month. That puts us up 31,000 year over year and to the largest size since about August 2021. Our spot markets uh, were mixed for the week. We saw block cheddars close at 175, down two and a half cents on the week. Barrels at 155 and a quarter, that was up four cents on the week. Over on the class four side, butter gained a seven and a quarter to 240 a pound, and nonfat dry milk closed at 116.50. Back over on the cheese side, it was a very busy week of cheese volumes moving through Chicago. Seems as though buyers continue to find value around that $1.50 mark. We saw 26 lots trade on Wednesday alone. That was the largest daily barrel volume since June of 2018. Thanks, folks. Have a great week.
So today we have on Anya Radabaugh to give us a new update on what is going on up in Sacramento. Hi, Anya. How are you doing? I am good. Thanks for having me on, Allison. Of course. So let's go ahead and get into it. Do you want to give us an update on Enteric and what's going on around that? Well, my my the most fun thing I do in a day doesn't usually revolve around enteric emissions, but um, we do have a tremendous amount of things happening in Sacramento for dairy this year. It's been a little quiet on the dairy front for the last few years up in Sacramento. We have been claiming a space around um, fighting back plant-based and vegan bills in the school lunch program. We've got probably a couple dozen podcasts on that. But all of those fights are never going away. Westerns claimed that territory and we will continue to defend it. And our board has allocated a lot of resources to defending our space in Sacramento. And now it looks like we're really gonna have to um, continue to do that on methane, which I thought we had licked um, pretty well as far as a policy objective up until recently. And so two weeks ago, we did a podcast update around um, SB 385 authored by Senator Becker, which essentially mandates um, regulations around cow enteric emissions, so belches. And generally speaking, Western, where we left off, was offering several amendments to the Becker bill to try to take away any of the California Air Resource Board mandates that would hamper hinder our farmers from doing business here in California. And uh, we were successful in negotiating almost all of them. I will say until I see them in writing, I'm gonna hold my breath a little bit, but um, the bill did tentatively pass out of the Environmental Quality Committee. And that is where they've been telling us the, the amendments are gonna be accepted. So, um, some of the atmosphere around enteric has cooled, however, uh, for a couple reasons. One of them is the bill, regardless of our amendments that ask for the mandates to be stricken from it, does require a $10 million incentive program be developed to hopefully move dairy farmers to a more positive and actual voluntary testing of these products. Um, but we're in a we're in a bit of a recession in California um, and the budget is really, really tight. To complicate things further, because bad budget news is a um, often a source of intense political friction, uh, the state decided to delay collecting taxes um, until later this summer which means that the hard numbers on what kind of money we have to work with at the state level are not gonna be available until much later this summer. So $10 million for a voluntary enteric bill is not um, anyone's priority. And so Senator Becker has somewhat cooled on how soon he's gonna make these calls. This is what happens every year. You tend to see legislators get very excited about certain issues, but there comes a time where there is only a single Christmas tree present available to even legislators and advocacy groups like us alike. So the legislature is in the process of having to choose which of its priorities is top and which things can either wait till next year or be killed completely. 
So that's one component of why the enteric conversation is a little quiet at the moment. We will find out um, hopefully next week. I mean, the other bigger issue is that the legislature is on spring recess right now. So um, they come back next week. And so we'll find out, I think, a little bit more about the fate of the Becker bill then. But the other issue that happened uh, close to midnight on Thursday, the day that the Becker bill was heard, uh, Senator Allen, who chairs the Environmental Quality Subcommittee in the Senate, decided to drop a bill that removes immediately any revenue generated from dairy biogas around the LCFS program. It further directs ARB to eliminate dairy biogas from any consideration as part of the LCFS program. And it also eliminates the 10-year extension that's provided to dairy biomethane under the LCFS program that most developers, most digester developers, and especially dairymen who've decided to own this asset um, are critically counting on to make sure that the ends meet on this investment. So this bill is um, a disaster all the way around, unlike most of the other positions that Western tries to thread the needle through. This is something that we cannot compromise on and it must be um, a very hard kill. So the strategy around that from the bill's author, in this case, the chair of the same subcommittee that heard the Becker bill was that the dairy industry should not be triple subsidized for this moment. He believes very strongly that dairy farmers who are receiving grants from either the Greenhouse Gas Reduction Fund or CDFA to build digesters who are then also receiving revenue from the LCFS, LCFS program for that same investment should not also be triple incentivized by being paid for enteric feed additives. So he's decided to open up 1383 in so many words, uh, the, the hallmark bill that they basically set our methane strategy in stone. And so he's having a go at it. Um, this is an extremely progressive committee. Uh, there are far more Democrats on it than moderate Democrats. These are progressive Democrats. And so we expect the bill to move out of this committee. It is a conversation around um, large dairies being assumed to be polluters. Um, it's also a conversation around large dairies being assumed to grow larger as a result of this LCFS credit uh, revenue. Um, that's absolutely not the case. And so it's our job at this point to make sure that we articulate that there are faces and families and communities behind these projects that this isn't just some faceless corporation coming in, but the, the amount of investment that's gone into this, not to mention our overall methane strategy in the dairy business um, rests on the success of the LCFS credit portfolio. Um, we have a lot of work to do. And so since this bill will pass out of the subcommittee, um, it is going to be a very long process and an extremely long summer. Uh, we are going to have to fight this probably the entire session. Um, I will be thrilled if we can we can make sure to get rid of it before then, but I'm not very I'm not enthusiastic about it. 
So Western has been mobilizing its resources. Uh, we have a lot of really good partners at this table. This is not just a play on dairy biogas. This is not just a biomethane dairy play. This is a attack on the entire gas infrastructure. Um, the environmental justice community does not believe that gas is a expeditious way to get towards climate neutrality. They think everything needs to be electric. Um, and so all conversations around gas, um, most of the gas providers in the state are looking at this bill for what they think is a threat to how they're you know, perceived to do business. So we have some really good allies. In addition to that, we also, Western has the Teamsters and we're bringing labor to the table. People will recall um, how the industry fought and lost on ag overtime was because labor and environmental progressives locked arms in the legislature and slaughtered us. And I'm not going to let that happen again. So yeah, unfortunately, um, Sacramento has um, really, we knew this year was going to be a, a very challenging year with about two, two thirds of the legislature turning over. We knew there would be a lot of new members that had ideas about you know, sustainability and climate change. And that is certainly proving to be true. And so it's going to be um, a, a tough fight. And if dairy, uh, our dairy members have some questions about how to get involved, uh, we certainly want to encourage that. And I know a lot of folks listening are, you know, friends of the industry. Um, we really need all the help we can get. So the, the strategy here has to be surgical and we really need to create a different narrative around um, these digesters. Yeah, definitely. The digesters are a good way to um, get dairymen involved in doing their part and we've done that. So I think that that's really important to recognize and be able to think, you know, get, get them some help with that. Well, I think that, um, the, and I just think talking about the community aspect of what's being done here, and um, we're capturing methane that otherwise we would be importing from other parts of the United States. And I, that's a real critical argument is the amount of leakage that's already been happening in the dairy sector. Um, this will only create leakage much faster. Um, and it also is just, it's not a good way to, I mean, dairy demand is up 200%. We, we got to get the dairy from somewhere. And so if this bill is allowed to go through, um, we're going to be importing at a much greater cost to the environment, far more dairy products. Um, people are not going to give up their pizza, which I'm thankful for. They're not going to give up their cheese, their yogurts, their, um, their butter. We cannot, we still cannot meet the, you know, the, the local demand for butter. That's something that people often miss. And so being focused on what the big picture here is, is really important. Definitely. Well, do you have anything else that you would like to say about this issue before we wrap up? Not about this issue, but I did want to address another bill that um, Western was starting to watch in the beginning of session, but now that we're getting closer and closer to May. So for our listeners, as a reminder, um, in January, the budget is first released from the governor's office. It's kind of an initial salvo at what everybody thinks is important. It's released and the legislature kind of does its thing and figures out where its priorities match up with the governor's or don't. And that results in a process called the May revise. And so the May revise is probably a little less than a month away. It's usually released the second week of May. 
And in that bill, um, which is kind of a, it's like a new negotiation. If you don't get your policy policies set and then they revise the chances of, especially agriculture, getting something, you know, significantly different after that are almost nil. Like it, the challenge is so uphill at that point. So there's another bill that we've engaged with um, on, on the Dairy Institute of California. Uh, we're calling it the Skinner Bill, but collectively it is SB 348, and it seeks to reduce added sugars overall as a portfolio that school children are consuming by establishing limits for that added sugar in school meals. And so um, we are working really hard with the author in this case to make sure that those sugar limits don't result in unintended consequences that have negative impacts on like nutrient security. So for example, flavored milk and yogurt are considered extremely nutrient rich options. Um, and they, you know, they've said like the amount of essential nutrients, 13 essential nutrients that kids need to grow for development, including protein and, and uh, calcium. We're trying to make sure that this bill does not limit those types of products. And so this is a little bit of a different issue than we fought with school lunch programs, which were direct, you know, kind of plant-based vegan attacks on milk. Um, this is much more about sugar content. Um, back in 2017, uh, Western worked with the bill um, at the time, his name was Senator Monning, um, to do something similar with chocolate milk, which thus far has pre preserved chocolate milk on the menu. So, um, you know, thinking about different options, we're working with the Dairy Institute, we're working with the Dairy Council of California to make sure that this concern has a much more practical effect on the legislation. Um, and so the thing about Sacramento is you have lots of stakeholders who all think that their perspective and this, you know, we're not that much different here. They all think that their perspective matters the most. And so bill authors, in this case, um, Senator Skinner, they have a really tough road in balancing all the stakeholder feedback. And so we're coming in saying, great, we think sugar should be limited, but don't take chocolate milk or yogurt off the menu um, or figure out how we can thread that needle. And of course, you have the plant-based um, and vegan advocates all coming in and saying, no, sugar means chocolate milk comes off the menu, right? So it becomes a bit of an arm wrestle competition. And we always want to make sure that in a moment like this, where the policy intuition is good, you know, there are, I think there is, there's too many sugar options out there for kids that we're talking about, you know, maybe looking at muffins a little harder, for example, than chocolate milk. <laughs> Those kinds of things on the nutrient density scale are not they're not comparable, and so, but it also you talk about an apple versus you know something else. Um, those are the kinds of things that we have to work really carefully with the teachers union, with um, the Department of Education. There's a lot of stakeholders involved here um, that are going to try to help with with um, Senator Skinner's bill. So that's another one. We wanted to flag for our members, um, this bill does not start by saying, let's take chocolate milk off the menu. I know that was um, kind of passed around earlier in the legislative session. This is, it's doing something different, but if we're not careful, that's the conversation we're trying to make sure doesn't happen. Um, and so 
thankfully Western's members are um, really behind our Sacramento strategy so we can really lay out that, uh, that plan. Got it. That's some good information to know. Yeah. Well, do you have any other updates from Sacramento? Thankfully, um, the rest is just gossip and drama. So no, for our members' sake, I will uh, go back into my hole and continue to work on legislative bills. Um, thanks everyone for their support. If you ever have any questions, I do rely on our farmers for direct feedback. The good, the bad, and the ugly, are these are all things I need to hear so that we don't get too far out of balance with where our members are. But um, yeah, it's, it would be our pleasure also. We're always looking for folks to host tours. Um, getting legislators out to dairies is of critical importance. Getting policymakers out on the farm um, always helps build those relationships. And, you know, it really puts something like an enteric feed additive into perspective about how impossible that will be in most cases to apply to the smaller average dairy. Perfect. Well, thank you, Anya. Thank you. Did you know that you can turn your dairy manure into cash? Bennett Environmental is offering above-ground dairy digesters at no cost to you. These systems can also remove nitrates from your lagoons to help you comply with water board regulations. Our proven above-ground technology will generate income for your dairy into the foreseeable future. Because we truck the renewable natural gas off-site, your dairy can profit regardless of your location. Bennett Environmental, turning your wastewater liabilities into sustainable assets. Learn more at bennett-environmental.com. Are you tired of hearing that the main way to save water is fallowing? Are you tired of seeing articles about how alfalfa and corn waste water? At Common Good Water, we combine the best-in-class subsurface drip system and precision crop management services, including pest control. Our verification program qualifies for public funding, and we want to help you continue farming in California. Contact your groundwater sustainability agency and ask how you can work with Common Good Water. Visit commongoodwater.com. Thanks again, Anya, for coming on the podcast, and thanks to those who are listening. If you'd like a notification when a new episode releases, you can always subscribe to the show. Have a good week. Thank you to the Western United Dairy's generous business sponsors, The Morning Star Company, Holt of California, Farm Credit Alliance, PG&E, Arata, Swingle, Van Egmond and Goodwin Law Offices, Yosemite Farm Credit, F&R Ag Services, Moss Energy Works, California Dairy Magazine, Bennett Environmental, and Common Good Water. We appreciate our sponsors and thank them for their continued support.